You're listening to TFM. Want to join in the conversation and share your thoughts on this episode? Join the Babel Conference, our listeners' discussion group on Facebook. Just type B-A-B-E-L into the Facebook search field, and we'll look forward to seeing you there. I'm here to talk to you about the Avengers Initiative, and here to talk with me about the, well, once assembled Avengers is John Mills. Yes, the once and future Avengers. That is the topic of our series at this point, as well as tonight's topic, which is the once and future Captain America. Yes, yes. Uh, ooh, I like that. Once and future Captain America. Well done. Well done. They should have had me title it. I know. Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Bah. Yeah. Once Boring. a future Captain America. That's epic. Yes, yes. Epic stuff, my friend. Absolutely, absolutely. And 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 I mean, just think about that. One, I mean, because that's kind of the whole point of this, like the idea of the, the almost reluctant hero. You know, I mean, Falcon kind of almost being like the Hamlet. You know, wringing his hands w- whether or not he should pick up the shield. You know, I mean, it's a long tradition of of uh, you know heroes that aren't quite sure exactly what to do. So. Uh, but before we dive into talking about Falcon and Winter Soldier as we continue on in Phase 4, uh, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, make sure you're subscribed so you'll get the 602 Club as well as Assembling Avengers and Snyder Cuts all in the same feed, and you'll get the episodes as soon as they drop. You can also find us on the social medias. We would love it if you would follow us over on the social medias at the 602 Club on Twitter. And we're on Instagram at the 602 Club TFN. The entire network is on Facebook at facebook.com slash trekfm. You can join the listeners discussion group on Facebook called the Babel Conference. And of course, trek.fm, where uh, you can see every single show that we're doing on our website. And if you would like to make sure that the network continues, we could definitely use your help. We're definitely below the bar where we'd like to be with support to make sure that things can keep coming to you each and every month. So go over to patreon.com and patreon.com slash trekfm and see how you can help us out and make sure all of the shows here on the network come to you each and every week. Well, John, so this is definitely following up a bunch of things from Endgame. And obviously one of the biggest was the fact that Steve hands the shield to Sam and basically bequeaths him the title of Captain America. And so much of this show deals with that issue alone. So I thought, you know, that might be, there, there's so much going on in this show, um, but I thought that might be an interesting place to start because this whole show in many ways is about the journey of two characters, Sam and Bucky, mm-hmm. and who they're going to be in the future of the MCU. So starting with Sam, you know, uh, they definitely put this character uh, through the ringer. And, you know, I wasn't joking when I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, he has a lot of trepidation about whether or not to pick up the shield and to be Captain America. And in fact, for a majority of the season, he rejects that idea uh, because he doesn't feel like either one, he can live up to, Steve Rogers, but two, he doesn't know if he should be the one 
to to actually carry on this mantle or if anybody should actually carry on this mantle after Steve, which is, I mean, I think are all interesting and legitimate questions. So all in all, just with the character specifically of, of Sam and his journey into becoming Captain America, does that work for you here with, with the show? Yes, it's a perfectly valid theme. Does it work technically with how the show was put together, I think, is the, is a separate question. Uh, and whether they they truly... Look, I, I'll just get to brass tacks. Do, like, I, I can't separate it from how they tried to answer the question with whether the question was an intriguing one to answer. It was. It is an intriguing one to answer. This is an interesting conflict. This is an interesting character arc. This sets up the future for Sam. This lets me know where his head is at. This lets me know this is very useful in the sense that for all of its shortcomings, I would have never beaten up on WandaVision for the fact that it's, it is showing the characters going through the emotional aftermath of what we all watched at Endgame, which was a big roller coaster ride for everybody. It was the culmination of a lot of things. It connects the audience with the characters more closely. This is all a very valid sort of thing to go after. And we'll we'll get to it, but it's it's just one of those things where it's like, but was this the format to do this? And was this the plot to do it with? Was mm-hmm. you know, right. is, is where I wind up yeah. with it. No, I think that those are all really valid points because a lot of this uh, is absolutely, like you said, kind of wrapped in to the entire show because in a lot of ways, the thematic element with Sam and his choices wrap in with Bucky and his choices, which then wrap in with Carly and her choices, the leader of the Flag Smashers. Um, and even, I would say, the other new cap that we get and Sharon Carter and... You know, all of these stories really are about people's pasts, what's happened to them, and the choices that they're going to make in the future, and how are they going to react? You know, are they going to react with uh, cynicism and bitterness, or are they going to still choose to fight? And, you know, I, I think if I kind of isolate the story for Sam specifically I think I really like the thread throughout the entire season for him um, and the struggle that he has and specifically where he comes to in the end which is to say you know if I say no to this what would be the point of all the struggle that all the people have gone through that look like me that don't look like me if I just gave up and gave in to bitterness and cynicism, basically. Uh, and, you know, it the idea of, you know, he talks about with Bucky putting in the work, keep fighting. And, you know, I think all that's really great and beautiful because I, I think it's kind of antithetical to the, the message we get in the world we're in where most people almost are encouraged to turn to, like, this cynicism or bitterness and that they're they're kind of told that they're legitimized in being in that instead of actually working to make a change and to fight continue you know continue the good fight so i really appreciate that but i 100 percent agree with you in the sense that 
it is not as strong as it could have been if the series had maybe had less going on, you know, um, right. a, a, a tighter focus, which is that the story really was about Falcon and Winter Soldier only, and, and the rest of it just, like, it it was only there to accentuate their story uh, instead of, you know, feel like we're trying to answer all of these other MCU questions. And some of that, I think, well, a lot of that, I feel like, in many ways, kind of takes away from this really important character story that we're getting with two characters who we know are going to be important to the MCU going forward. I mean, we're going to have another Captain America movie coming out with Sam. So this whole show is about setting him up for that and where Bucky's going to go, I'm sure, with him. So, yeah, I just, for him, it's great. But it is those surrounding trappings, which I think don't allow you to really appreciate the work that they they did for him with the character that could have been even stronger if there had been uh, a tighter focus. Well, I think that what we'll, we will continually dance around, and, and you've already hit on it now, talk about all the stuff going on, is that the, what a movie forces you to do when you make a film is you have a ton of ideas you can have the biggest ideas in the world, and then you have to sit down and you have to say, okay, but I have a runtime. I have a production budget. I have a release schedule. I know all of these things I have to do, so I have to take all of these great ideas that I have, and maybe I have to just cut some stuff out because I need to keep my eye on the prize here. And I think that this entire thing, if you take a bunch of these story elements and you cut rearrange and shrink down to a movie this is an incredible movie this is an amazing follow-up film to Endgame, dealing with sam primarily with bucky there as his support his sidekick basically bucky remains a sidekick and you can even have friction there where bucky says why am i always everybody's sidekick i'm ready to be the hero sort of thing that's an interesting thing and you have you can still set Sam on the thing of finding out the real history of how they tried to solve the Captain America problem while Steve was frozen. And that sort of, you know, troublesome history sort of thing. And even bring in, you know, why would Fury let this happen? This doesn't make any sense, you know, that sort of stuff. So, okay, you've got all of these great things and you would have been forced to cut away a lot of stuff that didn't necessarily need to exist. Well, in this specific thing here i would have preferred in all honesty a winter soldier only show and a sam only show or a sam only movie i would have preferred like a bucky show to be a lead into a sam captain america movie so we can deal with bucky's baggage and hit a, a little mini reset button at the beginning of a sam captain america movie because i'm also thinking and the, i don't know maybe this is too utilitarian but i would say that the the mark of a show that falls short for me is that I'm sitting here thinking about the way the puzzle could have been rearranged. I, I you know, it, it's that we all find ourselves in that classic thing, whether it's a show or a movie, where you find yourself by the end of it saying, well, this could have gone over here and you could have done this differently. 
I should be in love with something where I'm looking past any flaws that it has, like, uh, you know, um, like, you know, uh, Winter Sol- Captain America, the Winter Soldier. That's just the long and the short of it. And this show gives me too much to think about in terms of how I want to massage it. Yeah, I, I think that that's a what you're saying I really resonate with because, you know, on the other side, I think that the story line that we go through with Bucky is also very important for him coming out of that, you know, being the Winter Soldier, finding his healing in the time that he spent in Wakanda, and now trying to find his place in the world, much like Steve did in the Winter Soldier movie, where he's trying to figure out, okay, how do I fit in this modern world? But also feeling the baggage, unlike Steve, where, you know, he's responsible for a lot of the horrible things that happened in those intervening years. And trying to find a way to make restitution for that. And what it means mm-hmm. to, is, you know, Sam tells him to put into work to do that. And... Both them together, Bucky and Sam, I, I think the show is absolutely at its absolute strongest when it's those two on screen talking at a, either mm-hmm. about their missions, bantering back and forth, or just having conversations. Um, you know, that conversation outside Sam's sister's house, it's just so good. And I think it encapsulates kind of everything that I'm I'm saying, and I feel like you're saying as well, which is, it feels like that's the point of this show, right? More than all the other trappings, it's about these two characters trying to figure mm-hmm. things out. And inadvertently learning that they actually need one another for that. You know? I mean, they make the joke at the end of that conversation about, you know, how they're not really partners. They're, you know, just like people who know each other and helping each other, you know. Like, but that's this whole thing. And... um so with with him specifically, I just I again, I'm in the same place that I am with Sam in this. It's like I really like where they're trying to take this character. I literally what I like what they're trying to say with this character, what they're 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 trying to do thematically with the character and you know how they're trying to grow the character. I think all of that is really fantastic. It just Again, it's 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 wrapped in a bunch of things that I I think they don't accentuate that storyline the way I'd want it to be done. In fact, they feel like they're almost fighting for screen time instead of building up, you know. Um and mm-hmm. and I I think that's yes. really frustrating because I there are parts of the show which I absolutely 100% just love and then it's like I just want more of those parts because that really seems like the heart of the series. Yes, I think that also I'll I'll go ahead and say it. I really dislike what they did with the Sharon Carter character in this. Um it feels like just a complete betrayal of where I thought that character was and where she was going. I didn't like what they did with Baron Zemo up to and including showing him do silly dancing in a club. Yeah. This guy's a mass murderer guys. 
That's not funny. He, this is not the character to do funny with. This, this is not like, oh, hey, he gets a Jar Jar moment. It's like, no, 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 <laughs> not this character. He doesn't get that. No, 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 no. Um, and that, and that's the thing, right? Is that's the frustrating thing from my my point of view is it's not just that it doesn't find a balance; it sacrifices goodwill in those moments, and it that hurts me. That and I'm saying hurts. Obviously, I'm not actually hurt, but it hurts me as a fan to look at it and say. These are the two characters I had the most goodwill coming out of Endgame that I was the most excited to see in action again. And I just wanted something that that clicked more and it had so many imbalances and part of it straight up is the Flag Smashers. I don't know what, I I do know what, but you're left with a feeling of, I don't know what they're trying to say here. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what they're going for. Let me, let me. Outside of just having a villain. yeah, just I've got to jump in there real quick because I do want to. I, mean, I think we got tons to talk about with them, but I, I definitely want to hit on. I, you just rightly called it. Um, I, what? Are, why are you doing this with Sharon Carter's character? It doesn't make yeah. any sense because everything we've seen up until this point is that she is beyond loyal to the United States as a country, and to the Avengers, mainly Steve Rogers, right? And Mm -hmm. she sacrifices just like they did and goes on the run just like they did. And for some reason, in that time, like, she becomes this, like, bitter, ungrateful, like... and, And you're telling me in all of that time that Steve Rogers would have never reached out to her? Like... That that doesn't compute at all. I mean, Steve Witten saved the people from the raft. You know? Uh, mm-hmm. you, you're telling me that he didn't bring her into the fold? Like, that, that she, he just left her, like, flailing in the wind by herself? That is bull crap. Like, that's that's terrible writing. It just doesn't compute with anything we know. And you're doing it, and look... I'm sure there's going to be some comic book fans going to yell at me, well, they did that with Sharon Carter in the uh, comics, and I know that they did, but it doesn't fit with this story because you haven't earned that story to tell with what you've given Mm -hmm. us. And so if they had earned that, I'd be totally fine with it. But here it just feels like, oh, we don't really know what to do with this character, but we want to have this power broker as being somebody that Bucky and Sam would kind of trust and then turn on them, it just, none of it really works the way they want, and it absolutely detracts from the rest of the story, and I, it just kills a character that just, I think they never gave its due anyway, and I couldn't be more disappointed with their choice. Yes. Uh, just flat out, yes. And uh, it, it's... You know what? I'll I'll springboard into because she features in some of these moments. I honestly think that the action is not directed particularly well in this series. I think that the action scenes do the fast camera work 
uh, altered shutter speed sort of stuff that just shows that you're trying to mask and trying to infuse energy into them. And the reason I'm using Sharon Carter as the springboard into that is because there's one fight scene in particular that is supposed to demonstrate how good she is. And instead it, it diminishes her character because it's just not shot well. And it's basically, it's basically like somebody coming in and saying, Oh, well, yeah, you know, she, she handled it. And I know I need a John wick moment here to, to, to keep going forward with this, but just her tie in to the way that the plot unfolds is it doesn't make sense for the character. If you're a longtime fan, if you've never encountered this character before, you'll plug into it easy, you know, more easily. But why are you watching this show if you haven't? And that, again, I think speaks to a little bit of a problem of the show where. OK, it's for the fans, it's not designed to bring anybody new in, that's fine. I, I don't reject that. I get it. These are for the fans at this point. That's that's totally cool. But if it is going to be just, quote unquote, for the fans, then please, let's not try to just jam in as much as we can. And let's let's air it out. Let's breathe. Let's turn this into a true crime thriller investigation sort of thing with Cap and Bucky going through the world while they're watching New Cap on TV and that's spurring their their discussions and Bucky pointing at the you know the news clips and stuff saying that should be you this guy's making a mess of it why aren't you back there right now and so we're going with them and so that when he has his big reveal at the end it's a big wow you know now Sam's you know fully come into his his role and he understands why he's made that choice right yeah i mean it's um i think it's just a it really is just a frustrating story choice i i don't understand what they were thinking there and you brought up i think the biggest problem with the show which is the flag smashers and before just kind of diving specifically into them i i have this question and i i've been thinking about it ever since i first saw this show Is the MCU actually equipped to be handling the type of questions it's trying to answer post-blip? No. Sorry. I, 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 knew, I knew where you were going. No. I, 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 absolutely not. It isn't. It isn't. And that's why what's wild and frustrating is the smaller scale of WandaVision, that's how you handle the questions of post-blip. But blip, post-blip is an afterthought in WandaVision. It's a tack-on. Whereas this is too big to deal with the question. It should be smaller like WandaVision, more focused like that, and more... You know, more driven. I, w I don't want it driven by, oh, no, there's a whole bunch of super soldier serum out there and a villain that we know we're not going to kill because we know they're going to turn her sympathetic by the end, of course. It, but a a situation where 
problems have arisen specifically because you know the blip is driving these hideous riots somewhere and you know and stuff like that like that's a world that i believe in because that's something that marvel strangely hasn't really i don't think they've really embraced completely this idea of how much turmoil would be in their world because of this look you know i i think the hardest part about this is is that you know, I think back to, you remember in Far From Home how they dealt with it, which was, it's a joke? Yes. That's probably the only way the MCUs can actually handle this, is that yeah. this needs to be a joke. Um, I, I don't think that the MCU has set itself up well enough, because, look, in all reality, the only one, the only film that we've watched so far... It's actually had really important questions to ask has been Captain America Winter Soldier in the sense of, okay, what is the reality of, you know, these things that are happening, right? Mm -hmm. And it's been so long since we've had those type of questions asked. I, I just think, I don't know why they just didn't say that Everything was snapped back to right as everybody got blipped away. It's like that's a much cleaner, easier answer, so you don't have to deal with this. Um, and I just because then getting specifically to the flag smashers themselves and what they want in the end, what doesn't make sense about them. And what's kind of terrifying about them is that they kind of want the world to go back to when Thanos won. Which is mm -hmm. terrifying. And then they're they're trying to make them sympathetic. But then, of course, there are also these people who were going to excuse morally dubious behavior because they have a quote-unquote morally righteous cause, which I hate immensely in things these days where we're 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 trying to excuse people's bad behavior because they have the moral high ground and that yeah you can do whatever you want as long as you've got the moral high ground um and or the quote unquote moral high ground and that's just not the way this works and that's antithetical to the other message of this show which is character matters that it's not a, it's about how you use your power. You know, the, the whole point of this show, the whole point of Sam's big speech at the end is like, you've got this power. Now, how are you using it? Are you using it for good or are you using it for evil? You know, and and so those two messages are completely antithetical to one another. Biggest problem right there. OK, you're, you're going to talk about Sam's you know, speech at the end. Biggest problem about the show for me is I'm on board in Captain America and the Winter Soldier. You know, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, Cap's whole thing is, okay, shield's rotten on the inside. Hydra's a problem. We're tearing it all down. We're burning it root and branch. Mm -hmm. Whole thing's got to go. Yeah. No, it's not just Hydra. Shield is, is garbage, too. Everything's got to right. go. Yeah, Cap, you're right. That's absolutely right. That's what we got to do. And it's symbolized by the fact that shield is basically run and 
the world has been taken over by this shadowy cabal of people right. who are unelected bureaucrats hiding in a closet somewhere who have these secret meetings to discuss yeah. the future of the world and plan things out and the way the world needs to work and blah, 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 blah. And then the end of this show isn't just Sam saying, oh, be responsible. It's I need you to go into a room somewhere yeah. and go figure out how the world yeah. should be run. Whoa, yeah. hold on. Well, no, he, no, I hold mean, on. He does, he does say on. that you, you, you should bring in the people that you are actually going to be talking, like you're affecting, you know, so, but I get what you're saying. It, it actually is. Yeah. Very strange. So, but that's kind of my point, right? It's like by trying to take on such a really deep subject, they are are saying all of these things, but a lot of them in the show are are kind of opposite of one another. Uh, I'm going to say something here that you're going to undoubtedly enjoy hearing, but a whole lot of people are going to hate me hearing me say, but the way that they really should be dealing with the world after the unblip, the unsnap, whatever, is more for a Zack Snyder type of approach to things this is true. Yeah. than an MCU type yeah. of approach to things. It is much more, or even Christopher Nolan, because that's the whole thing about Bane, yeah. Yeah. is he's exploiting class strife for greater power. Yes. That's a more interesting exactly. and believable thing. And it's not about super soldier serum. It's about people allowing themselves to be exploited by bad actors because their emotions are out of control. That's the sort of thing we should be going into. And they, they, they barely get, they, they touch on it. They get there. They know what they, they know the roads they should be going down, but you could do it even so much more interestingly when Sam goes and meets the Captain America that time forgot and goes in and you have those sort of smaller moments, those, those sort of things, it's just a more interesting sort of thing to pursue. And so there's a movie's worth of material in here. And I think what it is, is it's just they said, well, no, now it's a series, stuff a bunch of stuff in. Yeah, I agree that's with what, you. That's why it gets out of control. Well, and, and and I think like what you said there is there's there uh, you know when you think about uh, the the class warfare and the the emotional struggle and uh harping on people's emotions and everything like that. I mean, you know, I, we touch on that interestingly in the show but not interestingly enough because it's never really dealt with in the sense that they're utilizing social media in the way that we see groups utilize social media these days to inflame a certain group of people to create action in them that then creates a quote-unquote movement. And, I mean, again, there's all of these very interesting competing ideas but the problem is, is that you're not only competing, but in a lot of ways, if you really sit down and think about it, they begin to cancel each other out because they're saying opposite things and lifting them up as if they're both true and they're both good. Mm -hmm. And that's, unfortunately, 
not how it works. Two things can't be absolutely true at the same time, like <laughs> that are opposite of one another. Uh, that that's that's not how well, truth works. Um, I'm sorry. Well, that's how double think works. It, this is true, not but well you know. Uh, but we do live in 1984. So anyway, um, yeah. I mean, it's just it's very frustrating to me because you know I I think I think what is sad about this is the idea of John Walker as the new Cap and basically his struggle with power and his struggle with his PTSD and him, he kind of knows what's right and yet he can't help himself with the power he has to hold himself back when needed Mm -hmm. is a much more interesting story without all of the other competing elements, which would have made a nice juxtaposition to Sam and Bucky and John Walker. And it felt like, mm-hmm. again, you're, you have all of these things that are just competing for your attention in the show. And they're all kind of interesting, right? Like the idea of the Flag Smashers, it's not uninteresting if it's done right. The idea of Sam and Bucky and, and their relationship, it's, it's great, right? It's very interesting. It's the point of the show. It, John Walker is is a as a as a terrifyingly interesting character because of the struggles mm-hmm. he's going through and you know it's it's also very realistic to the type of struggles that you know I know many soldiers who come back from war actually feel right like they struggle with those emotions of the things that they did in in the in the places they were and the, and and the things they felt like either they had to do or they were forced to do or you know and and their conceptions of right and wrong and all these things like it's all interesting it's just you feel like the poor character kind of gets the shaft because his storyline is so rushed that i don't really feel like i get his character's best in the sense that it doesn't feel again mm-hmm. I, I i have to say it it doesn't really feel earned everything that he goes through because i'm not really given an even though we're in a, a six episode series i'm not given enough time to really spend enough with the character to really feel like him going from one place to the next to the next really feels earned well and that's that's the problem is there, the show feels both too rushed and too slow and too. Yes, yes. All I wrote over the that place. down and on my because, notes. <laughs> oh yeah, and and that's the thing is like if you take the the silly Zemo stuff and you take the Sharon Carter stuff out and you you greatly diminish the Flag Smashers or get rid of them or something, you can have a very interesting thing where you focus on John Walker and you see him start slipping. And you see Sam maybe even try to help him at first. And, you know, and then he winds up so close to it that he, he you know, you have your conflict and, and John is like, well, you just wanted the shield to begin with. It's like, no, that's not what this is about. Anyway, I'm not trying to rewrite everything. I'm just saying to your point, it's an, it's another idea blender and 
I don't like the smoothie the way that it came out. Too chunky. Yep. You said it there because I I literally wrote down in my notes, too fast, too much. And that's that I think, you know, if there's anything about the show that kind of feels like it's a mantra, that feels like to me what it is. It's too fast, too much, but also maybe just too long all at the same time. Because like you mm-hmm. said, and this is one of the questions that we've talked about before, but you know, should this have just been a movie? And this mm-hmm. might be the show of of all of them really where I and and maybe I'll all um uh, you know feel differently as we continue on and we continue on with more of these shows but this one feels like if you had turned this into a 2 hour 45 minute film and you really had to strip away okay what's what's the importance of the story here what are we trying to say and then we start chipping away everything that doesn't actually help with that I think we end up with something that's absolutely awesome. And what you end up with is Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the movie, and I think we get more of the things that we were wanting, which is your laser focus on those two story and everything else is used to build that and the rest of it is, is, you know, not needed. You know, something else that's interesting as we sit here talking about this stuff and I'm thinking about it because I made the Snyder reference earlier, but we have, again, another story beat in a large sense where you find out how in in rhythm the, the that DC universe expression and the MCU are because, like we said when we were talking about uh, Civil War, and we were talking about um, actually going all the way back to Age of Ultron, um, but especially Civil War. It's about dealing with the idea of this big battle. So, you know, Man of Steel has its own city battle while the Avengers ha- destroys New York. Civil War and Batman versus Superman come out at the same time, and they're both dealing with how people process that trauma. Zemo is processing that trauma, and he hates the world, and the Avengers in specific as a result, and he's going to destroy them. And then you come here to Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and roughly around-ish the same time, we finally get Zack Snyder's Justice League, which is dealing with the world after the death of Superman. And so it's a similar sort of environment that they're in so maybe that's why it's so much in my brain as to how much better they could have dealt with the world building and the world in which these characters are existing because as we continue talking about it that is what's missing is it feels like falcon and the winter soldier occurs in a world it feels like it occurs in a world where that didn't really happen Almost as if they're just not really paying it any significant attention. Yeah, I think that really resonates with me. Like you say that, and it and it really makes sense. And and part of that is that you know we see this you know small refugee camp you know in the city, but it's not as though we're shown the other massive apparently refugee 
uh, places all around the world. So we're really giving a sense of the crisis that's happening. Everything else we see is that all the cities look normal that they're in. You know, uh, we're in Berlin. That looks pretty normal. Uh, we're in Atlanta. I mean, wherever they were supposed to be, uh, you know, um, when they're taken out of, uh, uh, therapy together. I mean, we're, we're actually, and this is the thing, is it, this show tells us things. It never shows us things. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the biggest crimes that this show has, which is, it tells us the way the world is, but because it never actually shows us that, and because we've already been in the MCU where they've made this idea a joke in a previous film, it's hard to feel the weight of it. It's hard to feel like this is actually important because, you know, the movie previously just told me this was a big, fat joke. It's fundamentally... Not serious enough, which seems odd because there are some really serious things that it's dealing with, and that is that is why I disconnected. I mean, I'll go ahead and this is not um this is not tipping my hand toward any sort of like rating when we get to that point in a little bit, but that's why this show was the point at which I tapped out and I said i need to I need to take a breather here. And so strap in everybody with the exception of Spider-Man No Way Home going from this point forward, it will be my first viewing of all of this stuff because Falcon and the Winter Soldier, these problems we've been talking about fundamentally broke me as a Marvel watcher. And I said, you know what? I need to hit a reset button here and I need to come back at it later. And this show is, that we are doing here gives me that reason to do so, um, which is exciting, I guess. But Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I'm really hoping, really hoping this is sort of like, you know, we're down in the valley here and we're, we're, we're going to start, we're about to start a steep climb upward with, yeah. with whatever the next show is. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's interesting too, because I'll be fascinated to see what you think of Loki when we get to it next time, but. You know, I, I think I think that is, you know, something that is, is really interesting. And I, as you're saying that, I can feel it. Because, you know, I, I kind of felt the same thing, too. Is I was watching through this show, and it just, you know, I didn't like WandaVision very much. And I remember watching through this show and just feeling that, where I I was struck by how difficult I was finding it to believe the reality of what I was watching in the sense of what the show was trying to say about the world we're supposed to be inhabiting and feeling like it was real for even them. You know, because it, mm -hmm. let me put it this way. You mentioned the Isaiah Bradley story uh, and, and the real weight that that story has, his conversations with Sam, you know, his experience... Oh, yeah. Um, the way that's that story actually resolves itself, it's gorgeously beautiful, right? Like it, it mm -hmm. it's it's really powerful. It's a very powerful story yeah. to be telling. That feels real to 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 this story. Like when those scenes are happening, I'm in them. 
And it's because one, the actors are, I just, they're acting their hearts out. Uh, and, and I think really bringing that, those scenes to life. But it, they're not, they are, ju- they are telling us things that have happened, but the way it's being portrayed on screen, it's also showing me, you know? And mm-hmm. I think that that's, that's the place where, you know, when I think of the stories here that work, it is that story of Bucky and Sam and their relationship then with Isaiah, um, especially Sam's relationship with him. And then his Sam's story with his sister and their struggles, right? Because all of those feel mm-hmm. really real and mm-hmm. uh, real to even the world that we're in. And the rest of the stories just don't. And it just feels like everything else needed to take a back seat to those four stories, really. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it's frustrating that, that that doesn't happen because, you know, I... I I was really blown away with that story with, with the, the, you know, his sister. Um, and when he finally like realizes that their family has spent all of this time kind of giving and it's okay to ask for help when you need it. And the entire town comes out to help them. Like Mm -hmm. it's a, it's a, it's a powerful story. Um, I was, I was, and it's an important one about community. Yes, yes, and I was a hundred percent moved by it. Um, and, and in in an interesting way, that's a better microcosm. That's the microcosm of the story they're trying to say about the entire world. You know, with you know the blip and what's happened and how people should be treating one another. But you mm-hmm. put it in that context, we can feel that. You know, the the blip idea, I think, is just so big that it doesn't compute in our brains. And then you don't really see what's happening. And it just, there's a huge disconnect. You solve the whole problem if you open this show in a one of those refu- big refugee camps. Everybody's miserable. There's barely enough to eat. It's basically like gruel and a piece of bread. But they have these big screens, and you see this posh gala you know, celebrating Sam handing over the shield or something like that. And, you know, again, to go back, it's the Bruce Wayne at the beginning of Batman versus Superman moment. Yeah. Of you, how you don't belong in this world. You, you're not down here in the dirt. Well, 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 this is wrong. And like, you see that origin, that's that flash of Mm -hmm. resentment about everything that even motivates a villain, you know, to become a villain and become, you know, ends justify the means at all costs sort of thing. But, you know, again, like I I know that there are people who aren't a big fan. I'm not trying to rewrite anything. I'm just offering that if you slow down in the, in the development just ever so slightly, these sorts of things present themselves, Mm -hmm. these solutions, these ideas, and these people are getting paid decent money i hope to you know spitball this stuff and it's like i i would just like them to be given the time to think these things through a bit instead of push it through but the the what i think it exposes is that we know that there that the behind the scenes stuff we know that there was some sort of lack of a better term power struggle between the tv and the film division 
of Marvel at, at a point in the past. It resolved itself eventually by Feige being put in charge of both of them because, you know, he's Mr. Billion Dollar Movie Producer. Right. Right, so they reorganized. And what the you're seeing here, Galactic yeah. Empire. Yeah, right. But I think what you're seeing here is that we have a team full of creative, intelligent people who these shows show that TV and film are different media, and you can't approach them the same way. You have a steep learning curve when you transition from one to the other. You need somebody running this who's like a Vince Gilligan, who, for anybody who doesn't know the name, you know, he was tied to X-Files. He is responsible for Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, all of these beloved shows that are tremendous long-form storytelling. Let's go to Star Wars. You need a Filoni. What's missing from the shows that are not really working the way that you hope a lot of times it's Filoni because he has so much TV experience. He knows how to break a story and cut what's not necessary and move things around. You need that TV guy there. Or, you know, when I say TV guy, of course, I'm not saying just men. I'm saying, you know, TV person who knows how to produce for the medium. And I think that Falcon and the Winter Soldier winds up being another show where, I look at it and I say, what we've been saying this whole time, these are good ideas. They just didn't break the story right for the medium they were in. Well, and, and that is an interesting question because, you know, we talked about the idea, should this have been a movie? But, you know, WandaVision was nine episodes and we felt like the length was too long. And mm-hmm. where I think this could have been a phenomenal movie, I also think that, nine episodes might have been better suited to this show. So you would have had more development time with all of these storylines, like you mentioned specifically, even being able to add in the um, the sequences where you do see the uh, refugee camps and the, and, and the crisis that is actually happening around the world. And, you know, what life is actually like for these people other than these little tiny vignettes, which don't really give you that sense of the desperation that they're feeling, which mm-hmm. you really need. Um, and I feel like that story alone would have been immensely helped by having three more episodes, as well as giving you more time with John Walker, uh, as well as then Sam and Bucky and their stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, it is. It's just a question of breaking the story. I mean, you, you could totally refute it, and to your point, oh, this should be a movie, but I'm sitting here agreeing with you. But yeah, maybe three more episodes would have solved this because I would have gotten more of what I felt was necessary for everything they put in it. Yeah. You make it a movie by cutting out a ton of stuff. You make it a show that's worth watching by saying, okay, we got a lot of ideas. We got to give everything plenty of time mm-hmm. to develop Yeah, here. yeah. Well, that reminds me of a conversation we were having before we were started recording about Andor, but that's a whole different episode. So, um, Oh, that's going to be a messy discussion when that wraps up. Yeah, whatever. We both like it. Um, so I do, but yeah. okay. anyway, you know, yeah, it's a right. different show. Different, different we can't start that argument here. Uh, 
you know, yeah. yeah, check out the 602 Club when that comes out, and we will continue the argument, of course, on aggressive negotiations, which you can also check out over on the Nerd Party. Uh, but, uh, so, I do have to ask you a question, because we get this interesting character in the Contessa. Yeah. How does that work for you? You said interesting character. I will say that's a word one could attach to uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus. I'm sorry, Louis Dreyfus. Um, I mean, it lands flat for me because I still remember, you know, seeing her walk on screen. This is not fair to her, but I look at it and I go, oh, okay, Seinfeld. Cool. It's not fair. She's a good actress. She's a comedic actress. She's been on Veep, all of these sorts of things. But she walks on and all I can think is, oh, high-profile stunt casting. That, that's all I can think of. And I'm not given enough to really feel like she's a super interesting character. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously she's going to play a part in the future. Wink. Um, yep. But um, yeah, yeah, I, it, I, I, I'm there with you. Where it just, I think that might be the place where I kind of broke in the sense, like, okay, you're just trying to add too many things. Um, and you know, the MCU when it's at its best is when it realizes how many connections you can make in a film while at the same time making sure that whatever it is you're watching is actually the main focus. And I think one of the things that this show struggles with is trying to create too many connection points between itself and things to come. And that's always a danger when you have these massive connected universes. And and obviously, the largest connected universe of all time in film now is the MCU. And I, I this is one of the places where I think, like, it is... It's starting... There are... This is a... I think this is a representation of where it's maybe getting crushed under its own weight. I could see that. Yeah. 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 So, um, I don't know if you noticed, but Henry Jackman is back with the music for the, the series. And to me, that was actually a real yeah. plus that he came back because obviously he was integral in creating the sound for the winter soldier uh, and I thought he did a great job with with the score for the series. So that was actually a real plus to me and a great connection then um, with, uh, you know, what we have seen in, in the past um, and heard in the past, which is always nice. I, you know, I, I don't know what else I could add to that. Uh, yeah, I, I thought the music was really good. Um and Jackman was injecting into it what he could to keep me hooked, and and it does the su- the sound does matter for something like this, and the, and the and the music does. So yes, I I I think that this is a good one. Is is it a great one? Uh you know, I'm you know I'm not expecting Mozart each time, right? Yeah, you know it's it's not like it's not like Hans Zimmer with the uh, 
uh, you know, the Dark Knight or something. But yeah, this is this is a solid musical entry. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I'm right there with you. I, I I wouldn't say it's like the best thing ever, right? But it, I would say it is a very good connection with what came before, um, and it's a serviceable entry, which is fantastic. So. Uh, I don't know, John. Uh, I, I think it's time for ratings, and so I am definitely interested to see where you fall uh, and what you would rate the Falcon and Winter Soldier, which I still think, at the end, it should have been called, at the end of the show, when they bring it back, when it says Captain America and the Winter Soldier, it should have said Captain America and the White Wolf. I don't disagree. That would have been cool. Yeah, because, right, they both go through a transformation. Cool. I mean, they're they're both, like, metamorphosized who they into were. new characters, right? I like that. Thank you. I, 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 was, I was legitimately, I was hearing that. I was processing it. I like that. That would have been interesting. That would have been really interesting. Because you're right, Bucky goes on his own journey, and yet again, is this just evidence of the fact that, eh, they didn't really think this one through. All the way. Yeah, I don't know. Possibly. Yeah. So, with all of that, John, yeah, what would you end up rating Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Uh, it's going to stick where it, it landed at first. On a bad day, I might go lower with it, but today is not a bad day. So, I'll give it two and a half. Um, not awful. Not great. You know, I, I guess like that, that Chernobyl meme, meme that, that went around, you know, not awful, not <laughs> terrific, you know, that sort of thing. What, what about you? Where do you land with it? So before you force me to put it in my rankings. Yes. Uh, so I have watched this three times now, um, and the first two times were at three and a half, but this went down to three stars. Um. And part of that is because of all of the things we talked about. Uh, and it was very frustrating because there were parts of the show that I still really respond to and I think are really good. And then, But the problem is, is that the other problems became more apparent and I just felt mm-hmm. them more as I was watching them. And I was just more frustrated because... In those moments where I was really enjoying something, then it would go to a moment that just kind of like was, ugh, you know, and and mm-hmm. that's never a place you want to be. So, yes, three stars for me. And John, you mentioned it. Uh, it's now time for our MCU rankings as we add Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Okay. All right. Let me take a deep breath because this list is getting longer and longer. I now. know. I feel the same way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Captain America, the Winter Soldier, Iron Man 3, Ant-Man, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Iron Man, Avengers Endgame, Black Panther, Guardians of the Galaxy, Doctor Strange, Captain America Civil War, Captain America the First Avenger, Ant-Man and the Wasp, The Incredible Hulk, Avengers Infinity War, Thor, Spider-Man Homecoming, Avengers... Somehow still not at the bottom of the list, Howard the Duck. WandaVision. 
And then Falcon and the Winter Soldier sliding in. We know I didn't love WandaVision, but WandaVision was at least, because this is not strictly driven by star ratings necessarily. This is driven by, were you trying something really interesting and different? And for that reason, WandaVision, for all of its problems, edges out Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But I still, now this is where we transition how we're talking about the list. I still liked it better than Spider-Man Far From Home, Thor The Dark World, Iron Man 2, Thor Ragnarok, Avengers Age of Ultron, or Captain Marvel. <laughs> so what about uh, what about your list? Well, uh, so Winter Soldier, Iron Man, Iron Man 3, Civil War, Endgame, The First Avenger, Black Panther, Guardians 2, Ant-Man, Doctor Strange, the Incredible Hulk, Homecoming, Spider-Man Homecoming, Guardians, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Avengers, Far From Home, Infinity War, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, The Dark World, Iron Man 2, Thor, Howard the Duck, Age of Ultron, Captain Marvel, WandaVision. Ragnarok. There you go. There you go, folks. (laughs) There you go. And that and that's the strangest thing because if you look at my list, again, to to hammer on this point, Howard the Ducks a two, WandaVision is a two, Falcon and the Winter Soldier two and a half. I might be telegraphing that as I sit with it more and more in time. I'm just I'm prep I'm preparing my soul right now to say (laughs) this is probably gonna slide again. Yeah, yeah. I mean it, yeah, it's 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 interesting because I, I, the question it does become for me like, would I rather watch Thor: The Dark World over Falcon and the Winter Soldier? I don't know. Um, I know I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, I can honestly. Answer I mean, the, it. the question though is is just mainly too. It's just it, and and this is part of that question we get with all these tv shows it's like you know it's like six to nine episodes you know whereas a movie you can just pop in a movie and be done with it in two hours or whatever so yeah um anyway if john john if people would like to catch up with you and see what else you've got going on where would they find you on the social medias well if you're looking for me on the social medias and you don't necessarily want to hear me talk about marvel or star wars or dceu I promise you that if you look up Kessel Junkie, K-E-S-S-E-L-J-U-N-K-I-E, starting this Friday after I plan to go see it, you'll hear me endlessly complaining as a lifelong Halloween fan about whatever I see in Halloween ends. Oh, boy. But Pray for me, folks. Actually Pray end? for me. I mean. Well, uh, okay. different topic for a different <laughs> show, okay? I'll talk you into doing Halloween, Halloween Kills, and Halloween Ends. If you really want to hear a longtime fan of a franchise go on a tear, Get me talking about those movies. Anyway, uh, you can also find me out there hosting two shows. Uh, Over on the Nerd Party Network, I'm co-hosting House Lights, where we talk about the works of directors, and the aforementioned Aggressive Negotiations, a Star Wars podcast that I co-host with you, Matthew Rushing. And where else can they find you? Well, you can find me all over the social medias under Matt MattRushing02, so Twitter, 
Instagram, Letterbox, Vero, it's all the same name uh, here on the network. Of course, when I'm not in the 602 Club doing a, uh, the main show or assembling Avengers with you or Snyder Cuts, you can also find me doing The Orb with Chris Jones, talking about Star Trek Deep Space Nine, Warp 5 about Star Trek Enterprise, the Artificial Tango about Star Trek Picard, Star Trek Strange New World show is called Saddle Up that I'm doing, as well as Literary Treks about the books and the comics of Star Trek, and then when I wasn't on the nerd party with you doing aggressive negotiations, John, which we're still doing, there's a completed show there that I did with Dre Kaufman called Owl Post that we talked about every single chapter of the Harry Potter series, one chapter at a time. But thank you so much for joining us. Avengers! Avengers!